Good morning. It's good to be with you today on this uh, wonderful Thursday morning as we continue in our time together in the book of Acts. Uh, today, you know, when, I, when I'm reading Acts and, and walking through it with you, I'll look ahead and say, oh, my goodness, I can't wait for tomorrow. You know, there's been several times you've heard me say, hey, now tomorrow's going to be a really great passage. Not that the passage we're not reading that day is also great because it's the Bible. All of it's great. But today's passage is one of the cooler passages in all the Bible to me. And it really is a great pathway um, to evangelism and to sharing the gospel. So let's read um, Acts chapter 17, verses 16 through 34. So Acts 17, we're going to read 16 to the end of the chapter. And remember, Paul's getting run out of town. <laughs> Everywhere he goes, he's just getting run out of town. So now he's in Athens. While Paul was waiting for them in Athens, he was deeply distressed to see the city was full of idols. So he argued in a synagogue with the Jews and the devout persons, and also in the marketplace every day with those who happened to be there. And some Epicurean and Stoic philosophers debated with him. Some said, what does this babbler want to say? Others said, he seemed to be a proclaimer of foreign divinities. This was because he was telling the good news about Jesus and the resurrection. So they took him and brought him to the Aragopolis and asked him, may we know what this new teaching is that you are presenting? Sounds rather strange to us who would like to know what it means. Now, all the Athenians and the foreigners living in the world spend their time in nothing but telling or hearing something new. Then Paul stood in front of the Aragopolis and said, Athenians, I see how extremely religious you are in every way. For as I went through the city and looked carefully at the object of your worship, I found among them an altar with the inscription to an unknown God. What therefore you worship is unknown, I proclaim to you. The God who made this world and everything in it, who is the Lord of heaven and earth, does not live in shrines made by human hands, nor is he served by human hands as though he needed anything, since he himself gives to all mortals, life and breath and all things. From one ancestor, he made all nations to inhabit the whole earth. And he allotted the times of their existence and the boundaries of the places where they would live. So they would search for God and perhaps grope for him and find him. Though indeed, he is not far from each of us. For in him we move, in him we live and move and have our being, as even some of your own poets have said. For we too are his offsprings. Since we are God's offspring, we ought not to think that the deity is like gold or silver or stone or an image formed by the art or imagination of mortals. While God has overlooked the times of human ignorance, now he commands all people everywhere to repent because he has fixed a day on which he would have the world judged in righteousness by a man who he has appointed. And all of this he has given assurance to all by raising him from the dead. When they heard the resurrection of the dead, they scoffed. Others said, we will hear you again about this. At that point, Paul left them, but some of them joined him and became believers, including Dionysius, the, Ar the Arapage, and a woman named Damaris, and others with them. So Paul um, is, um, this is such a cool passage to me, because what I love here is that Paul, much like with um, a few chapters back with um, Lydia, he understood where she was at and where she's coming from, and, and presented the gospel in a way that made sense to her. Um, any of you have heard me preach before, um, you know, anytime I say, and as the great theologian, someone said, I'm usually going to quote a song lyric or a movie or something like that. I think it's important for us as preachers, but also as Christians to speak the gospel in a way that makes sense to the ears of our hearers. That's what Paul's doing here. Paul goes to the Athenians. He doesn't say, well, you know, in in 
Exodus, it says this, or the prophets, this is this. In fact, he tells the gospel. We all came from one. We all came from one. Um, he said that God um, from one ancestry made all nations to inhabit. He presents the gospel to them, starting with Adam and Eve and going all the way to Jesus. I mean, he presents here the gospel to the Athenians. Interestingly, though, he doesn't quote the scripture, but he tells the story. But then he uses their own poets. He said, as your own poets have said. And then we live and move and have our being. As many of your poets have said, for we too are his offspring. So Paul is using, and then he also uses their religion. He says, you have here this altar to an unknown God. Let me tell you who this God is. So Paul is using the words of their culture. Paul is using where they are to present the good news of Jesus Christ. And I think that's so important for us, y'all. I think that's so important as we share the gospel. That's so important as we live our lives and share the good news of Jesus with others. We've got to understand where people are. We do. We've got to understand where people are. And I think part of that for those of us who are Christian, part of that for those of us who have grown up in the church and know the church and know the stories and know the Bible, is we, we're living now in what's sometimes called a post-Christian age. If you look at the demographics of religion, the fastest growing religious group in our nation, honestly, y'all, the fastest growing religious group in Mississippi are groups called the nuns, N-O-N-E-S, not N-U-N-S, not nuns, but nuns, those who have no religious affiliation. They're not religious. They've checked out on religion. Some of these grew up in church and have left the church. Some of these have never been in church. Um, and that's where the that's where people that's the largest growing religious demographic in our world, or in our nation, rather. Um, and for these individuals, we've got to meet them where they are. Now, notice Paul calls the Athenians to repentance. He says, listen, God has forgiven this in the past. But he's now fixed a time in Jesus. He knows he doesn't even name Jesus. Jesus. He says this one was, a, was appointed by God. He resurrected and to show the proof that he is God's anointed, he was resurrected from the dead. And all who believe in him will be saved. Repent of your sins, turn to him, follow him. Once again, beautiful presentation of the gospel. Beautiful. But Paul goes to them and presents the gospel in a way that makes sense to them, in a way that meets them where they are, in a way that communicates their need for Jesus in a way that makes sense to them. That's that's our job, y'all. I often think of something Tim Keller said. Y'all know I love Keller, a great preacher, man of God, who passed away a few months ago, former longtime pastor of Redeemer Presbyterian Church in New York City. Keller said, my job, I just love this. this I've tried to inhabit this as best I can in my ministry. My job is not just to persuade you to, my job is not just to proclaim truth to you. My job is to persuade you to follow the truth. And that, that, that's it, y'all. I don't want to just proclaim the Bible. I want to persuade people to follow the Bible. I don't want to just proclaim Jesus. I want to persuade people to follow Jesus. And, and as Christians, at those as who Paul says, we are ambassadors of Jesus. We are ambassadors of Jesus. I think Paul models this for us, y'all. It isn't just that we proclaim Jesus. It is that we must do everything in our power, everything in our language, everything in our lives, everything in our character, everything in our spheres of influence, everything that we have to persuade people 
to follow Jesus. And frankly, y'all, one of the things we can do, I think the best in that is just meet people where they are. Paul doesn't walk around saying, y'all are a bunch of dummies for having all these gods, morons. No, he says, you know, I see that you're religious. I see that you're a religious people. And you even have an idol, you even have an altar to an unknown God. And let me tell you this unknown God is, if he doesn't live in shrines built by human hands, he doesn't need the gold, he doesn't need anything we can give him. But in fact, he gives us life. So Paul doesn't attack them for their false beliefs. But he says, hey, I see that you are religious. Let me tell you about who this true God is. These nuns I mentioned earlier, the ones with no religious identification, most of them are not hostile to religion. They just find it hypocritical. They have checked out for a variety. There's a variety, probably as many reasons as there are people. Can we find points of connection with these people who might not be religious, who might not be Christian? Points of connection. And just build that relationship. And with that relationship we build with them, point them to Jesus, y'all. Point them to Jesus. As Paul tells us, there's a world out there in need of Jesus. And God's entrusted us in this moment and in this time to proclaim the truth of Jesus. So, you know, I just think this is a wonderful story. I think it's a wonderful example of evangelism. I think it's a wonderful example of how we should live. Uh, we should we should read this all the time. This story here in Acts 17 is just a powerful story of what we should do. So y'all, let's meet people where they are. Let's, let's connect to them where they are. Let's use every tool at our disposal, our language, our words, our lives, everything. Point them to Jesus. There's a world in need of our Savior, y'all. And God has entrusted us with the call to take him to the world. Okay. So love the folks in your life today, y'all. Love them. Love them deeply. Love them truly. And let that love be that anchor that can pull them to Jesus. Thanks for being with us today. Um, tomorrow we're going to move into chapter 18 and see Paul in Corinth. So uh, thanks for being with us today. Have a great day.